Jan, what means creativity to you? Is it a game? Creativity is intelligence, having fun. Was it Einstein? I think so. Well, we're definitely going to have fun today in our show, or on our show, <laughs> I guess. That's why we're here, aren't we? Yes. This is episode number 21 of the Let's Talk Retouching podcast. Follow along when we have interesting discussions with industry professionals, retouchers, photographers who retouch or outsource their work. And we are putting it here all for free in this podcast. So here we go. The show is brought to you by BoutiqueRetouching.com, our post-production studio, and LearnPostProduction.com, a school we will eventually launch. So if you're interested in what's going on there, head over to Learn Post-Production. And now I have a special guest here. He is from Germany. He is a retoucher. He's working on a lot of advertising, has retouched a lot of known faces, celebrities. Welcome, my guest, Jan Wischermann. And hello, Jan. Hey, Daniel. Nice to be on your show. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for making the time. So to the people from the US or not German-speaking countries, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are and what you're doing? Of course. Um, my name is Jan. I'm living in uh, Düsseldorf currently for about, like, let's say, 12 years now. And um, I'm living here with my wife and my little son. And um, I started working in the creative industry in uh, 2002. And by then I was um, becoming a an, an graphic designer and art director. So this is my, my background is graphic design. And um, starting to work in the creative industry, um, I quickly had uh, a lot of um, contact to other creatives, of course, uh, especially when it came to uh, creating campaigns and um, making the advertisements for bigger companies. There were many photographers involved. And um, so creating images or working on images was always something that I was drawn to. And um, I enjoyed to learn everything that I could gather i think uh, on that topic so that was basically the beginning to forward this to the point uh, where i am now i um, i started to be self-employed in 2009 and um, from there uh, i had a transformation i think from being an art director to going to be a full-time retoucher and by now i'm i'm working for many um Uh, advertising agencies for uh, photographers from all kind of countries. And uh, I'm very happy to be in, in this position now since I have complete freedom on being uh, creative and being in touch with very interesting people. And uh, I'm enjoying this every day. That's super great. And I think we just start by uh, going a little bit into how you came into contact with retouching. So you said you... You've been a graphic designer and have learned that and been working as a graphic designer. So how is it in an advertising agency that also provides retouching services? Uh, is there a formal education for people to go into retouching or is it just something you pick up along the way because you're interested in the field? Well, I think nowadays a few agencies do have some in-house post-production departments. But um, 
I think when I when I started out, you um, had this chance uh, only in in very big agencies, like the the really large one, the network in, uh, agencies. And um, so I started working in a very small graphic design studio in uh, the old town of Düsseldorf. It is led by two um, very experienced graphic designers, and um, so. I, uh, I I learned a lot about composition, about um, colors, about um, photography, and I was I was thrown into the cold water. And they um, took me under their wings. They explained me how um, the basic principles of Photoshop worked, but um, they were far away from being uh, Photoshop professionals. So um, I was basically on my own. I had to explore uh, everything by myself and of course I had some co-workers that I could rely on and that I could ask some questions but from there my my interest was uh, was caught and I spent a lot of my free time um, in the early stages developing some uh, skills here and there and um, it was a long way and I think when I switched the agency uh, the first time to to, f to find a new working place there was a there was a project that I um, was asked to um, be the art director on the photo shoot and um, the, the photographer actually told me that if I'm interested in Photoshop I should speak to his friend he was uh, he was known to be a very um, very experienced retoucher and um, he was from London and uh, he, uh, he he came to to live in in Oberhausen where I was living actually back then that is the city close to Düsseldorf so I reached out to him and said hey I, I heard you are um, a professional in Photoshop and is is there a chance that I can come by and have a look over your shoulder and maybe you can explain uh, a few things to me. He said, yeah, well, you can come over. And I went there and um, his name is uh, Robin Preston, by the way. Um, if, if he hears that, big shout out to Robin. I, I'm very thankful for everything that he's done for me. So I, w I was there and uh, he showed me his world and I was blown away. I was blown away by everything that I saw. Every image was a masterpiece in a way. And I was like okay this is actually what i want to do and i was immediately uh, drawn into this field and i asked him if he could like explain to me how he uh, how his thinking process is and he said well jan you gotta know retouching is is not anything magical it, it's a craft something you got to learn you got to put the hours in yeah when he said that i was um i was disappointed i think and i because i was so curious about everything that i uh was like oh okay i gotta learn that how what, what do you think how should i do that and he said well you should probably come a little more often and um he but he was very kind and he uh, he told me that you can come here whenever you want and uh i uh, was like working with him or like learning from him for two and a half years i think and um that was a very um very valuable um relationship uh, to me and i was lucky that i was able to provide him a value to him as well by uh, assisting him with his graphic design uh, needs that he had and so that was a win-win situation for the both of us and um well, he became my very first mentor in this field. And um, by 
exploring like more and more in the retouching um, industry I, uh, I I always thought that it would be the best idea to whenever I had a question to reach out to people that are way better than I was and um, I was never afraid to to ask people for um, their thoughts or their help and uh, I always was lucky to find people that were very kind and showing me uh, like their thinking process. I always wanted to know why they would do certain things to the pictures and how was the, the second question, of course. But as, as, as Robin told me that there's no like magic trick, I knew that it would be like technique, of course, but there are many ways to achieve a certain um, effect or look or like and I don't know, a certain goal that you want to achieve in an image, you got to know why you do things. And um, that was what I always asked the, uh, my mentors, like, why are you doing this? And, and when they told me that, I, I asked why one more time. And that was always how I made some progress. And um, that's actually how I, I always evolve. Like, I'm always asking for um, the reasons. And that was uh, something that was... I think the, for me, it was the right way. I also tell people all the time that when they make changes on image, they should be able to later on explain every change they made and find a reason why it has been done. Otherwise, it doesn't really make sense to do it in the first place. But you mentioned something else. So for once that you started a while ago. So it was not like nowadays people go to YouTube or go to some blogs to learn about retouching. And back then that was possible. And I know that a few years ago, information to act how to do proper retouching, professional retouching, the information was hard to come by. So I would consider you kind of lucky to run into people who were open to explain what they're doing because back then it was kind of rare and now you have all sorts of schools and tutorials being sold to people so that's actually a good way to yeah to learn to ask questions to people who, who know what they're doing well let me jump in there for yeah. a second because um i think when we talk about back then i guess it was 2005 uh, that i Uh, first collaborated with Robin and um, you were um, able to find well I think it was the year that YouTube started I'm not 100% sure but it was around that time I guess and um, so there was basically no knowledge uh, that you could like have for free so I think there were a few um, like Galileo DVDs or that was a brand that was like selling uh, knowledge on DVDs and um, there were a few resources that you could find that were mostly very technical explaining um, the tools in Photoshop, the, um, like the adjustment layers and but there was no real like information that you could like dive into some thinking process of a person actually using Photoshop. Of course, I had to ask some people and uh, it was very important to find someone, as you said, that is willing to share some information. But I think since working in the creative industry, as I know it, everybody is very cooperative. It's not like well, at least I never experienced that, that someone didn't want to share their uh, 
thoughts because I think if you can explain something, you you notice how good you are in something. And um, by telling people how you um, think and how you work, you won't uh, you won't lose your skills or you won't raise any competition because uh, everybody can learn Photoshop. Everybody can learn to to work with images, but n no one will ever have your vision on an image and and your thoughts in connection to a certain brief that you get from a client. True, and that comes back to like, it is a craft like capturing and stuff. So you can learn the tools and how how you can do stuff with your hands or in our cases with our pens. Um, but after all, you're making tons and tons of decisions throughout the process. And that's something you have to get some experience in and you will uh, put your own handwriting on it and yeah so sure. i yes. see it, i see it the same way so now you also explained something else before so you you mentioned when you first got in contact with the topic of retouching that it seemed something magical with a wow effect when you said like the images are so great how 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 are they doing it And that's something I think also everyone is experiencing, especially with beauty retouching, when you say, wow, these super perfect faces, sometimes perfect, not always. But then you ask the question, so how do I do it? And a lot of people are looking for this magical trick, basically. So what is the trick? What is the technique they are using? And what are they doing? And then, yeah, often comes the frustration. I can tell by myself and my experiences, there is no magical techniques it's super basic techniques but as we just said it's a craft you have to learn and yeah how to use these super basic tools uh, in a that very efficient and very precise way as well yes so how was that for you and um, when you when you were at that point uh, can you explain that a little bit yes of course um i noticed by working with images that On the one hand, there's this technical part where you remove certain elements and where you like use the clone stamp tool to um, very efficiently um, like remove elements or like move elements around in an image or like do composites with um, masks. And for starters, that is also already kind of magical if you if you remove things from an image and you um i always uh, refer retouching or retouches to be like ninjas because it is important not to leave any traces yes when we work and um, the best retouches are those that nobody even the retouchers cannot point their fingers on what has been done Yeah, true. And of course, you um, you hear a lot about like Photoshop mistakes and stuff like that. But uh, that's not what I wanted to um, dive into. Be uh, because you asked what, what was the, uh, the moment when I realized that how magical it is and uh, what the wow effect was. So um, I think it started by looking at many magazines and also uh, like, I don't know if um, you know the Lurtz's archives, This is a collection of um, very famous ads and um, images that were created in the creative industry. And uh, that was always a, a very important resource for me to, to, to see what was uh, en vogue, if you want to say so, in the retouching industry or in the creative industry. So the, 
the really creative campaigns and uh, the, the really creative composites, composites were in it. And that was the moment when I was like looking at images that were given to me in the agencies and what I saw was created from those images uh, when you um, when you look at the results that were winning uh, the, the advertisement um, festivals. So I was like, okay, how on earth do they do that? How, how do they get there with, with the images? This uh, obviously is not a photograph. It is something uh, like it's a piece of art. And how, how did that happen? And um, so that was the moment when I realized, okay, there's, there's something about that that I don't know and that I want to explore. But then how was it to finally get to the point where you were curious about the techniques and discovered like, okay, I really have to put in the hours and I really have to be more precise. And well, um, that was a journey or it still is. Um, I, I started, of course, I think like many others exploring um, like the create the creation of images and especially when there were no uh, image um, stock archives uh, aside getty images or the or the, the big ones um, you 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 had to rely on resources like photographers and or of course take the pictures yourself and to find some material or good material to work with so that was point a you needed something to work with not crappy because you can't make an outstanding picture or um, final piece out of a crappy resource that never works and um, that is something yeah that's that's what we call crap in crap out <laughs> it's never gonna get you just can take it to a certain point and it's not gonna get better and i also want to just plug here that we on our website provide some beauty images for people to practice on because we think the same it's like if you just take a camera and take images of a girl that you know you're not going to you're not going to work on the same quality of images like professionally lit with professional models that's going to be published in, in the high-end magazines that's not not what you should practice on right so you got to speak to to professionals and you got to find the resources that are uh, of value to um, to you and to, uh, to the way you want to go. And as I said, it's a journey. So um, I, um, I started with one field that was like uh, creating like looks for any kind of advertisement pictures, mostly people images and sometimes product images. And um, from there, Whenever I had the time, I, uh, I, I found photographers or retouchers or, um, as I said, um, inspiration in, in these Lurtz's archives that I tried to recreate. I took some, some images or some looks um, that I found and I tried to analyze the pictures and recreate the look uh, on my own pictures or on pictures that I asked for. And um, that was actually um, working out pretty well. I, um, it, it was a hard way um, because I think that one of the most important things for a retoucher is to learn how to see you have to be able to yes. see colors you have to be able to see light and shadow you have to have a basic knowledge and feeling of how 
composition works and especially when it comes to compos uh, composites you need to know um, light sources and uh, to be able to identify those so that you can match pieces together and make an, a single image out of those and i think that is what you where uh, my graphic design background uh, was very helpful for me i knew uh, perspectives i knew colors and I knew what to look for because I have been working with so many art directors and so many uh, creatives and that um, that I knew what they were asking um, the, the retouching studios to do. And um, so I, I knew what to look for and uh, I knew what I wanted. So. Uh, but doing it yourself is a different story. Yeah, there's so many ways to to get there, right? And you have to make the decision. So you you know, okay, this is this is what I want. The good part is you already might have figured out where you want to end up, and then it's all about figuring out the way how to get there, right? When you have become a more experienced retoucher, usually the hardest part is to figure out what your client wants, and then you might be already at the point where you have that much experience that you know the way how you get to your goal but in the in the early stages that's the hardest part is still to figure out and also i think the best way is to set yourself a goal and to maybe look what others do and uh, try to copy that and then work on the ways to get there because there are different routes to take and some are more efficient others are less efficient and you have to yeah experience what how one way works versus the other way how a technique might be superior in some ways over another you have to gather these experiences in the first place right and it takes time to go through that it takes time it, it, and especially it takes time to understand that it's not about techniques that was my learning that it's it was not about a certain technique it was about The creative vision it is about to to read an image uh, what it tells you uh, that it wants you to do you have to be able to um, see uh, an image uh, as a single piece uh, no image is like really i think um, of course if you have a series of images yes that's of course it can be very equal but um, i think mostly um, every image is unique and you need to be able to understand how it was how it is built and how it is as i said earlier like what what is the color in the images what is the light situation what's the composition and what kind of treatment would benefit the image and what would work against it not just because one knows a certain technique it is of value to to use it in this image and that is something When I understood that, uh, I was able to deliver way more value to my clients and um, I was able to uh, establish my, my own workflow. And, um, and I think another thing that is very important in, uh, in the early stages of becoming uh, a retoucher is that you have to communicate very straight and clearly with your client. You have to know the expectations and you have to know what their goal is if you work for a client if you work for yourself you can set your own goals and you you're not um you're not bound to any um like rules you can do whatever you want as long as you feel good with it and there might be people that don't like it 
that's fine and there are people that will um, contact you just because of that and you shouldn't care too much about what others think uh, and i think that is something that i saw in um in retouching groups in, in uh, I don't know, in Facebook groups or in, in forums. And when I started out, it was forums back in the days. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I always uh, find it so interesting that if someone actually takes the time to write a mean comment below an image that the retouching work sucks or something, he's the one. To, to feel pity for because why should anyone take the time to write something bad about someone i mean personally right um it, not uh, critiquing uh, the image uh, some some people are like just i don't know i don't understand why people would say something like that yeah And, it's not uh, it's not really helpful in any way so so i made my way out of this i never really cared about what people would think Uh, about the work uh, I, of course I asked people but I asked people that I know and I asked people that are very experienced in that because I don't really care what user A or user B uh, says and I think that is but that is something that I see that people are like completely unsure about their skills about their um, their uh, experiences because Just some random people say random shit about their images. And that's so true. And there goes our PG rating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Fine to listen for children. Why are we good with not having a PG rating? But yeah, the thing is, uh, when you go into Facebook groups and post your images to get critique, you have to obviously deal with a lot of different people having different styles of how they comment. So um, there might always be some people being super negative, but you also, like when you're asking for a critique, you also should be a little bit open to them. So Sure, and never take it personally. Yeah, that's a matter of like being a professional. It's not about you, it's about the work and the work you do. So, But you, you asked about people that, that, you know, start out and, yes. uh, in, the, in the early stages. And I, you know, I, I just think that um, it is very important if you start out that you don't ask too many people that you don't know um you should have some people that you trust that you know that are like because when you're asking a hundred people you're getting a hundred different answers and like okay how do i value each each comment now yes of course and you should ask people that you look up to that you like know you can learn from Because why should you ask 100 different people? And that is what you do in these kind of groups. And you get comments from people that actually don't work in the industry. Why should I do that if I want to work there? If I want to work for myself, that's a different story. Um, but if I want to work for high paying clients in the creative industry, then I should maybe ask those what they want and how, how, yeah. how to get that. And you also, like you also mentioned now for high paying advertising agencies. And we should maybe mention that there is something like corporate direct in the business world and agency work. Corporate direct means in, in a lot of cases for a retoucher, you are working directly for the photographer, which might be yes. a small business themselves. And the agency world is completely 
different to work in. And you have to be much more precise. You have to have a different way of how you communicate with your clients usually. And it, it doesn't work to just being some images sent and you you just hand them over. You usually have work contracts. You uh, talk about the expectations and how it's delivered and you write down in, in a contract and it has to be precise and your communi communication has to be precise. And it's, it throws a lot of people off when they have never been working in the agency world. So sure, uh, that is also uh, a process, of course. You, you have to learn how, how this world works. The, the thing that I noticed is, as I said before, clear communication is the key. You need to know the expectations. You need to know um, what, it, what, a, what the client is looking for. And you need to be able to understand how this world works. Uh, meaning that um, you are hired to provide a certain result. And you have to know that uh, is for for example, if you work on a uh, key visual for for an advertising advertising campaign, there is a certain brief. Um, they tell you that they want this and that done in that image. That they maybe want uh, this and that piece um, exchanged, like uh, change a person or um, like creates uh, a certain scene and um, you have to know and you have to calculate especially in your project management that there will be many rework rounds um, you have to learn that these um, critique points are not like on on on, on you uh, it's about there yeah. are so many people involved in that and they might might come up with with changes so, so absolutely um, it, it's quite common that uh, you have done something how it was in the briefing and the client of the agency at some point designs differently and it has to be done that why if you're not used to that it might throw you off because like oh Why are they creating more work for me now? So you have to, as you said, you have to uh, account for that in your in your schedule and in your uh, estimate and yeah, how you, how you price yourself. That is how you have to uh, like um, approach these um, these projects. You you definitely have to ask a lot of questions uh, beforehand to be um, to be sure that you can deliver the expected results. Because if you screw up there most likely won't be a second chance because they um, they are very much dependent on a very professional workflow. And if you can't deliver that, it makes a lot of sense to um, to explore. If you want to go into the advertisement world, it makes a lot of sense to speak to people that are actually working in it because um, there are some things that you just can't know if you're starting out. You And yes. um, that is what I had to learn. And also maybe a little warning. It's one thing to maybe um, miss a deadline for just a photographer when it's a portfolio piece or uh, stuff like this. But or if you maybe screw up um, an editorial story. What's not a thing if you have a national wide ad campaign and screw up the deadlines. Um, you definitely do not want to deal with the fines they might want you to pay for that and stuff. So it's not just losing a client that might cost you your existence maybe that of course that can happen but if you as i said communicate clearly they won't uh, like sue you or anything if, if you um, if you miss a deadline that is always something that you can discuss but you have to be like clear and kind and um, you have to be um, 
like giving your client the uh, the security and the feeling that you understand everything and that you know your craft that is what they expect they wouldn't hire you if you if they wouldn't expect you to deliver the best result they possibly can get but as you said earlier and that is true can happen that the client changes uh, his mind maybe uh, says that okay we we need another image worked out and um, you need to have the capacity to deal with these demands um, that is something that is that can be tricky for uh, a single uh, retoucher so it is very important to have a backup for yeah yeah it's not like 13 images for an editorial it's more like they have different stages for ad campaign usually where they publish different kinds of images there's just maybe a handful that go into um large print advertising but then they have a lot of supporting images for their social media and all that is covered in the in the campaign so um you probably have to work more like on like a 50 image campaign uh versus like the regular editorial which is more like 12 13 16 images yes true that is one uh, thing that can happen that you have got a lot of images but it can also be like that, that you have uh, like three to five key visuals and a key visual is uh, is an image that is the most prominent image yeah. in a campaign so that is most likely um, um, worked out in a very um, large uh, format, say um, A0 or A1, uh, if you have the um, European sizes. And um, so that can easily be transformed into a billboard or that can be like, uh, it has to be retouched very, very precisely. So you need to be aware of uh, the amount of work that goes into it and the um, the amount of detail that goes into it. Because if you work on hair and uh, hair fringes uh, for, for like a beauty campaign that is going to be printed in a very large scale, you need to be aware of um, how to ex actually um, extract hair to put it on a new background and um, you have to be um, able to deliver this in a very small amount of time and you can't take three to four weeks to create one image uh, it, it's more like you have one day or maybe two if it, it is a very complex one that is what those clients expect uh, from you so if you step into this advertising world you need to be um Either uh, telling if you if you start start out in this industry, you need to be straight straight out to your clients that you are not on this level, and that's fine because you will always find some some work uh, in in that field because it's it's not all about key visuals. It's all it can also be um, like smaller uh, engagements, and you can start out in this industry. But if you apply for these bigger things, you need to be very clear about. And you have to be honest to yourself where, where your skill level is. So yeah, now that we have talked about how you got into retouching, let's, let's maybe talk about what you specialize in. So maybe you can explain a little bit what is the main field you are working in, uh, if there is a main field you're working on, or if you're like working on different subjects in the field, um, because advertising is, it can be everything basically 
So yeah, maybe just get into that. Let's hear your story. Sure. Um, actually, um, I I tried to find one thing at a time. I um, I started out with creative composites and compositing work for advertisement campaigns, and I. Uh, came across product retouching um, and uh, I enjoyed people retouching very much. So at some point after retouching a lot of, uh, let's say, um, advertising shots for like campaigns, not in the beauty world, I decided that it would be very interesting to explore this field also. And I was amazed by the extreme before and after effects in um, in beauty retouching and i also found that it was very artificial in a way so too per too perfect and um there was a trend yeah that's been that's been in the like 10 years ago and prior duty retouching was way different yeah exactly there was a big trend to hyper perfection in skin retouching and in uh, in hair retouching but i found that very interesting and i tried to learn uh, as, as much as possible in this field and since there are very many mediocre retouchers in in the beauty industry or let's say in in advertising agencies and i don't want to be disrespectful uh, not at all it's just that if you're not specialized in this and if you're working as i was back then I was coming from a little different area in retouching. I had to learn the rules of beauty retouching and I had to, again, ask people that were where I wanted to be. And that was the best decision to like get into their head to learn what they are looking for in an image and what they are looking for in their workflow. So I spoke to many experienced retouchers and asked them how, how to get there. And um, I tried to find many uh, different resources and I was like extracting the essence out of that. What could I take into my work and how can I improve my skills? And um, it all came down to like speaking to also to, to makeup artists and speaking to um, stylists and to learn how um, how these um, images were created and what the thoughts behind that were so um, be because uh, if you just start out with the retouching techniques you, it can lead to uh, results that are not not wanted and that are maybe not as good as at the image can be yes yeah in that field that you're working in because you you might not know what people in makeup are looking for right to sell that so you have to yeah. also build that experience and okay what what is happening to sell this product yeah and i think we as retouchers are no the last block in the chain of of professionals working on a on an image because um i think if we um speak about the um the, the advertising uh world then there is someone that has an idea it, it's going to be um like layouted or it's going to be like created in any form i don't know whatever it is uh, then there's um, set designers, there's designers, there's makeup artists, there's a photographer, of course, who is capturing the scene or is, is drawing the, the whole image. And then at the final stage, there's a retoucher that has the honor to, to finish this piece. And 
that is how I wanted to see and how I was treating it. So I, um, I was always trying to be very respectful on the, the work that has already been uh, like done to, to the point that I got that image. By speaking to the ones that were involved in this, it was very interesting to, um, especially coming from different fields, especially comparing different styles. And so I, uh, I was very um, drawn into, uh, into beauty retouching and especially hair retouching since this is uh, a category um, where you see immediately if uh, someone uh, understands his craft or not. And um, maybe you agree that if you see like bad retouched hair, you can see that right away from from a mile away. And oh yeah, especially on billboards and stuff that are in a in a shop front, um, you're looking at it and yeah, you see it either immediately or you stand in front of it and it's like, oh, I see all the retouching mistakes in it. And yeah, that that definitely happens to me as well. <laughs> and it's always funny if you if you like uh, walk by a billboard and you see like, okay, they tried to put it on a different background, but they just didn't remove the old one behind the hair, or it's like very badly drawn hair. And uh, so that, of course, that is not allowed to happen. And you need to know how to do that. And you can only learn how to do that if you don't know how it works by either like trial and error, but that most likely will take a very long time and you probably won't get where you want to go unless you uh, are very creative and very like, um, let's say, uh, talented in finding these solutions. But uh, there are some things that you just need to learn by seeing how it is done. Yeah, and some things you, you won't see just by yourself because um, you need someone with experience maybe to point out what your mistakes are and, the, and those people can give you very specific feedback on what you need to work on compared to trying to figure it out yourself and nobody is telling it you. It might either not get you there or it might take you very many jobs you mess up until you finally understand what might have been wrong in the process. Yes, absolutely. And that is something that I had to learn um, by myself. I, I um, needed to understand how that works. And so I, um, I reached out to my mentors and I reached out to people that I knew would, um, would uh, possibly give me an idea on how that works. And um, Uh, lucky enough, um, I um, I have a lot of people around me that know um, very much about that field, especially beauty and hair. And uh, I um, I found a lot of pleasure in in working in, in this area. And um, also, uh, it is uh, one of the fields uh, in in advertising um, that there are not that many people that are really good in this. And um, so I decided that this should be one of my, um, uh, um, key or main fields you like to work in. Okay. So I decided that this should be uh, one of my main fields uh, that I, that I work in. So um, I'm, I'm specialized in beauty and hair retouching and um, I'm, also specialized in uh, everything like commercial retouching 
And uh, of course, I, um, I have been uh, collaborating with many photographers as well. And I love portrait retouching. That is something that I enjoy very much because um, it, uh, it is a very natural way of retouching and it is about uh, creating unique looks. And uh, I really, um, I found uh, a lot of joy in this. And I think that is a very important word uh, for me uh, because I, um, retouching is something that immediately when I first encountered it was very fascinating to me and which um, led to a curiosity that never stopped until now and I think it won't ever stop. You can wake me up in the middle of the night and I would be um, having a lot of fun and I would enjoy uh, the process of retouching an image then. So you're basically every night you're dreaming of, oh, um, hitting the space bar a <laughs> uh, hundred times and switching the tours with your shortcuts. And uh, well, I try to dream about different things, but no. It, it doesn't happen, right? It's always coming back to retouching. That is a very um, thing, observation that I had. I never, ever had the feeling that I work too much in, in retouching. It is, it is something that I just enjoy so much. And there's, there's this yeah. meditative part of it. And there's this, there's this right. yeah, aspect of it, right? Like I call it like my therapy is doing dodging and burning because... I can do that sometimes for hours without doing something else. And with other things in life, I sometimes struggle to keep my focus on. And with that, it's similar to other crafts that you do with your hands, basically, even though we almost move our hands in retouching. But my brain just switches off and I go on autopilot for like an hour or two, which can be quite helpful with all the things going through our minds throughout the day. That is true. Um, I have the same feeling that I, I can really dive into an image and I can get lost there. And um, that is what I enjoy every once in a while to, to go to that point. Um, but there's also like the, the, the regular uh, day work, I, let's call it that way. And the less exciting stuff? <laughs> maybe not less exciting, but not to a, a retoucher can also be like um, someone who is hired to to do the job you know and to to create uh, this scenery or to create this one key visual and there you need to focus on be uh, very efficient and you find ways to not to shortcut things but to to you learn to be um, faster by doing it every day and then sometimes it's just not necessary to to um, dodge and burn for, for hours in an image. And that's what I wanted to say. I enjoy that. Yeah, there's always the danger of spending too much time while you're in that zone. And um, because there are, uh, most of the time, there are many projects at the same time, you, you need to be efficient and effective. And then you need to find uh, ways to produce super high-end work uh, and not um, spend like a ton of time on that image because uh, that is also something that I needed to learn. You don't, you don't yeah. have that much time. And it's kind of a talent. So from my experience and when I talk with other people working in the industry, and there were people who were asking for advice because they were at the point where they almost couldn't deliver the project that they were asked to work on because they had their basically set routine and that routine would have 
taken them a certain amount of time to finish all the images. But it's a certain task and skill to also take yourself back, look at the project and figure out a plan on are there ways to save time throughout a series, throughout different images and not just start with your routine. And that's it's super hard to do that sometimes. And it's something you have to learn, practice as every skill um, because you might come up with a new way that you have not done before just over problem solving for that project because you're forced to uh, reduce the time you need. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And there's not just one way to um, to work on an image. And if you have a routine that... It's like repeatable for for every image. Uh, I think it has to be a very small routine because you don't need to do every step in every image. There is uh, what you got to do, I think, is you have to have a, a workflow that allows you to um, step back to every like every step that you you created in this image you have to have a, a non-destructive workflow if you work for clients if you work for yes. yourself you can do whatever you want but yeah. uh, you should be certain that uh, like the pixels are below then there is light and shadow and above everything might be color and uh, a certain kind of logic you should have in your workflow so that you um, especially when you work with uh, with a team or with co-workers you need to be able to um, give the file to someone else to to be able to finish this work. So this was it, episode number 21. You see, we still are not finished with our conversation. This has been quite a long episode, but Jan has a lot to say. And we will continue this discussion next time. So head over to boutiqueretouching.com. We have the show notes there, but also subscribe to the podcast so you can follow up with the upcoming episodes. And we have quite some interesting guests to come on the show, which I'm super excited about. So I appreciate if you really subscribe to the podcast and leave us a comment how you liked it and see you in the next episode.